Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. Why? Because I speak about the important things that matter to you. Things such as why the world isn't working right now, because we all get it's not working. There's too much hatred. There's too much divisiveness. Even as Christians, as believers, we're fighting against each, each other. We're trying to make each other wrong about our, our theology and one-up each other. It's just too much ego, too much pride, not enough God, in my opinion. Plus, I tackle the unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. Today's topic is so relevant. We're going to get into it. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist. And I was almost murdered twice, but God spared my life because I believe that he has a higher purpose for my life. And that's what I'm living right now. This show is created for you, the person that wants to be loved, that wants to feel accepted, that wants to be reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. And if you are one of the thousands of people that listen to us in over 34 countries around the planet, praise God. I just want to say thank you for being here every single week. Without you, this show doesn't happen. So thank you for being here. Today, our featured guest is Carlo Bruchad. Carlo, I'm hoping I'm saying Bruchad right. <laughs> Carlo Bruchad, you can find him at carlobruchad.com. I'm going to spell it because he's real fancy with his name. So that's Carlo with a K, A-R-L-O, B as in boy, R-O-U. Double S A R D dot com. That's Carlo Bruchard.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this gentleman here. Okay. So Carlo, he's like a Southern Louisiana guy. So I'm, you know, he's, he's, he's trying not to bring the accent today, but listen, forgive him if he does. Okay. We all got to start somewhere. Right. So here's what's cool about Carlo. He gave up a promising musical career. And we're going to hear about that to embrace God's call to win souls for Christ through speaking and apologetics. If you don't know what apologetics is, it's literally just means defending your faith, right? Being able to speak knowledgeably on your faith to those who don't know. Okay. He comes with training from nationally known author, philosopher, and theologian, father Robert Spitzer. And he's got under, well, I'm not going to bore you with all the degrees. The guy just knows what he's doing, okay? He's got degrees in theology, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's an apologist for CatholicAnswers.com. So if you're a Catholic and you really want to get answers about your faith, go to CatholicAnswers.com. I like those guys over there. Kerry's a cool guy. And uh, today he's going to be speaking about a really relevant topic, life after death. And why is that relevant today? Because people are killing themselves left and right. And, you know, from it doesn't matter the age, you're seeing it all over Hollywood, right? People are, are just celebrities ending their life, man, feeling this hopelessness and despair to young kids copying that. So we're going to get into that. What does that mean to you as a person? What does that mean if you're the victim of someone close to, right, someone close to you ended their life? What is that like to grieve that? But before we get into that topic, you know, we're going to get to know Carlo a little bit, and, and we want to hear what has God done in his life, right, and, and talk about that journey. So, Carlo, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Hey, Joseph. Thanks for having me, brother. And so, first of all, the last name, you don't have to say Shard. It's just Broussard. <laughs> so Broussard. 
Broussard. Yeah, just with Colin the Broussard. I'm going to keep saying it like 15 times. Go ahead. There you go, brother. Yeah, so, uh, I, yeah, like you said, I'm a Southern Louisiana boy. I come from near Lafayette, Louisiana, which is about, you know, an hour west of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I come from a music background, brother. I started playing the Cajun accordion and pursuing a dream to be a Cajun accordionist, have my own band and stuff when I was 12 years old and had my own band at the time I was 13, started playing in the bars and the honky tonks, recorded my first album at 13 years of age, uh, started progressing in my musical career. When I was 16 years of age, I recorded my second album and was pursuing that career because in southern louisiana you can make a career out of playing cajun music right i mean it's just like for festivals and restaurants and and i even had a, a couple of people who wanted to sign me on their record label and start traveling the country and even possibly the world and promote the cajun culture right so by the time i was 17 and a half 18 had some of the best of the best musicians who were really willing to take me to the top and go toe to toe with some of the best musicians in Southern Louisiana within the realm of Cajun music. And uh, right around 19, 20 years old, uh, we were scheduled to go into the studio to record our third album. And the week before that studio session, I called it off. I called my band members and said, I'm done, I'm getting out of music. And, um, and I was finished. And so the reason why I gave up that dream to be a full-time Cajun musician and play the accordion with my band and stuff is because Carlo, Carlo, I'm gonna pause you right there. That's called a cliffhanger, right? So we're gonna hold that right there because we we're gonna get into the story, but just not yet, okay? Okay. So you shared something with us, um, personal, like your key, right? Like I didn't even know that was a thing, dude. I right? know. That, I, yeah, that, some people don't. Right, accordion yeah. play, like what? And 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 there's like a whole career path, like right. who? New. All right. So before we get back into the story, because you're going to pick up right where you just left off. Okay. All so right. stay present to that. But I always start every show this way. Let's step back for a second. Why do you think that the world isn't working right now? Well, fundamentally, if I were to put my Christian lens and sunglasses on, it's the root cause of all problems, Joseph, uh, is sin. I mean, fundamentally, uh, we're broken because we have this weakened nature, right? Uh, our intellects are darkened. Our wills are weakened. And we, as St. Paul, the great St. Paul said, we have trouble doing what we know is right, right? And we have trouble avoiding that which we know is wrong. And the root cause of all of our problems is sin. And the only answer to that root problem of sin is Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the fundamental answer. Now, how do we arrive at that conclusion? That's a whole nother question, right? We have to go throughout that journey of intellectual inquiry, even personal experience, experiential knowledge, intellectual knowledge, in order to arrive at that conclusion that Jesus is the answer to that fundamental root problem of sin. But fundamentally, Joseph, I would be remiss if I weren't to answer that question but the true answer, namely sin, uh, that's the root cause of all of the brokenness that we experience. This, and, and, and from theology, this is where Christianity sheds light in the midst of the darkness, because we know that we've inherited a weakened nature, right, due to the original sin of our first parents, putting on the theology hat here. And because of that weakened nature, 
uh, Joseph, we have a tendency to always turn in on ourselves, right? Uh, you know, working with Father Robert Spitzer, he, he would call it egocentricity, right? And we, we tend toward narcissism. We tend to be ego in rather than ego out. And whenever we turn in on ourselves, we're constantly trying to pursue physical pleasure in life, material goods, the acquisition of material goods. We're constantly trying to win the comparison game, right? Who's more popular than who's somebody else? Who's got more money? Who's got more stuff? Who's you know, got bigger muscles, right? Who's better looking, and especially within Hollywood. Who is better looking, right? I kind of want to arm wrestle you right now, bro. <laughs> I'm, all, <laughs> I'm all game, brother. Let's do it. Man. I love to throw around some uh, strength, some testosterone. So what I'm hearing you say is the reason why the world's not working right now is because of this root sin from Adam and Eve that's just within our nature now. And Jesus is the answer to that. That's right. right. And we turn in on ourselves. And here's the problem, Joseph, when we turn in on ourselves and we're constantly putting self as the focus of our lives and making the purpose and meaning of life of self-satisfaction, what happens is we tend to drive people away. Right. Mm. Because nobody wants to hang around an egotistical jerk. There's <laughs> not somebody, enough room. There's not enough room. And not there. enough room. And if I'm always focused on myself, Joseph, I'm not going to be willing and properly disposed to make sacrifices for others, to love others. And that's just going to drive people away. And that's going to lead mm. to loneliness. Right. And mm. when I find myself in that state of loneliness, because I've turned in on myself, I'm driving people away. Well, then I no longer see that happiness is achievable in my life. Therefore, I no longer see that life is worth living. And so that leads me to begin contemplating these thoughts of, well, what's the purpose of even living? Why not just end it now? Because I no longer perceive happiness as attainable. And I think wow. that turning in on self, Joseph, leads to the blinding of being able to see that happiness is achievable. And that's fundamentally the problem. People no longer perceive happiness as achievable in life. And so if happiness is not achievable, then we might as well just call it a quits. Wow, that's powerful stuff, right? And I really like how you segued there. Normally, that's my job as the, the interviewer <laughs> and the host. But, you know, I like leadership, man. You just took the leadership there. So, you know, I really get that. The, you know, I think one of my friends at one point said to me, Joseph, the reason why your life isn't working is because you navel gaze way too much. Amen. Constantly looking inwards, like, like yeah. Carlos saying. So BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, are you navel gazing too much? Is that why your life's not working? Are you constantly looking at you, 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 you? You're centered on self? If you are, like, right there that's the answer right <laughs> like or like identify the problem and then what's the solution carl is saying the solution is stop looking inward and start looking upward right and look to god right he's got answers for you but before we get into this again even though carlo brought us there um carlo talk to me about divisiveness right and and i know it's all uh centered around this self-centeredness right this navel gazing so to speak there's more than thirty thousand different denominations of Christianity in the world today. Right. We're all worshiping the same God. We all love our families. We all want heaven. Amen. Why are we so divided in your opinion? Well, I mean, fundamentally it's just a misperception of the truth of God's revelation through his son, Jesus Christ. 
I mean, so like there are some things that we have common ground on, right? And there are a lot of things, especially within the, if our universe of discourse is Christians, right? Divided Christians, Catholics, mm -hmm. Protestants, et cetera. Well, then we have a, a ton of stuff that we agree on, right? I mean, the, the mere Christianity facts of the Trinity, the divinity of Jesus, you know, we can trust these historical documents that tell us that Jesus said he was God. He proved he is God because he rose from the dead. And if Jesus rose from the dead, then Christianity is true. And as Christians, we affirm all of that stuff. But when it comes to certain teachings of Jesus, we have different understandings of that teaching of Jesus. And so that begs the question, well, how do we figure out the authentic interpretation, the authentic understanding of Jesus's teachings? And then, of course, you know, we have scripture. We're looking to the historical text. And then as Catholics, we'd say, you know, Christ gave us the church to help us out in that matter, right? But the divisiveness, uh, there's two parts. One, you could take one approach and say, yes, we are divided because we have different understandings of the teachings of Jesus. And left to ourselves, naturally speaking, as human beings, that's going to happen, man. I mean, in any intellectual inquiry, any inquiry into, in the quest for truth, we're going to come up with different opinions, different uh, interpretations of things, right? And I think as a Catholic, that's why Jesus gave us the church, the Catholic church, in order to help guide us and navigate us through those waters of trying to figure out what God's truth is revealed through his son, Jesus Christ. But I think another approach, another avenue or answer to the question of divisiveness is, so here, let me back up. Could one ask the question and say, okay, is it possible that all of the divisiveness is due to pride, right? And the navel gazing. And of course, right? I mean, we're fallen human beings, right? So if I perceive something to be true, I'm going to latch on to it. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, we're ordered to that. God designed us to come to know the truth, to latch on to the truth, just like the mouth is made to open in order to close on good food, right? And to spit the bad food out, Okay. So too, God made our minds to be open to the truth, but then to close in on the truth and to possess it in order to be happy because that's what we're made for. But sometimes when we possess that truth, Joseph, we get triumphalistic, right? We start tribal chest thumping, right? And we begin to look upon others who don't have the truth mm. as inferior to us, mm. as we're superior, triumphalistic, and you guys, you're just, you know, you're the peasants who are eating the crumbs from the table, and so just get the heck out of here. And you're all Gentiles. Us, yeah, yeah. And so there's that unhealthy division mm. that we create due to our pride, and mm. that leads them away. And that person begins perceiving me, who might have the truth, right? But that person begins to associate what I believe to be the truth with the bad, negative, uncharitable behavior. So pfft, I don't want anything to do with that, right? So our <laughs> ego and our pride, just to clarify what I'm hearing you say, our ego and our pride actually makes the very truth that we're speaking repulsive. Amen. That's, that's a beautiful insight because they associate the egocentricity and the triumphalism with the truth itself. And that creates an obstacle. That creates a blinder, right? It, be, it blinds the individual from seeing what the truth is and mm. therefore not embracing the truth. So, so we're the, getting in the way of God, right? Because God is amen. truth and we show up with pride. And all of a sudden the truth is laced 
you know, covered in the mud of our ego, of our pride. And the person can't see the truth. They can't see God because we're in the way. And so if we can get out the way and stop being navel gazers and stop being egocentric and allow the spirit to move us to be charitable, get out the way, well, then the individual we're trying to share the truth with can see the truth and therefore be attracted to the truth. And the truth, Joseph, we want to share that truth, right? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. And that truth is what we're made for. So mm. the truth is a good. The truth is a good that's going to perfect us mm. as human beings and help us flourish as human beings mm-hmm. to experience happiness, which is the ultimate end of all things, right? To experience happiness, which we know ultimately lies in God. So sharing the truth is a good, but the mode or the manner in which we share the truth, that's where we have to be careful. I agree with that, right? It's all the packaging. It's all about the packaging, right? Are we crappy packaging? Are we like that obnoxious bubble wrap that just keeps popping, 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 and people can't see what's inside? Like, it's ridiculous, right? So, Carla, let's um, kind of like step back here. I love where you just went, right? And I, I just saw your whole theology training like come out and just like, <laughs> bam, like, yeah, let's get into this, right? However, let's, let's get human. Theology is good at times. And at other times, in my opinion, it's better or best to talk about the humanity of what's going on. Um, you know, I believe Jesus showed up in the humanity, you know, in during his three years of, uh, you know, his mission. And, and he, he got into people's mess. He got into their ugly. And he spoke to them right there right there about the ugly and he didn't leave them there. Right. And I think that's the big misconception. He's like, Oh, just accept me where I am. Jesus loves me exactly how I am. Of course he does, but he doesn't love you where you are. Right. He loves you as you are, not where you are. And, and, and I know that, you know, firsthand. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, um, people ending their life. You know, the people feeling so hopeless, so full of despair, so consumed by self that they lose sight of the truth. They lose sight of their savior. They lose sight of their eternity. They lose sight of all the promises that God has for them. The plan, the awesome plan that he has for their life. And all they see is the darkness. Right. They no longer see the light. So if you can kind of journey with me, I'd like you to go back in your life, right? And, and this is one thing my guests know when they come on this show is I just get into it. I get, it, I get personal, I get real because my listener wants to hear that. It's great to theorize, right? It's great to talk theology and, and, and to speculate at high levels and stuff. But like, talk to us about your ugly. Like we all have it, right? Sure. Talk to us about when, when was there a time in your life where you we're navel gazing. Yeah. And regardless of the position you're in and cause you're human, right. And you're broken just like I am, you know, describe to us a time when you were so focused on self that you lost sight of God, you lost sight of his <clears throat> plan for your life. And yeah, you were, you dabbled in, in hopelessness. Yeah. Uh, take us to that place and share that story with us. Yeah, well, that was precisely when I was about 17, 17 and a half, when I started 
changing sort of the approach of the music that I was playing in Southern Louisiana. So when I first started, Joseph, we played sort of the old folk Cajun music, right? In the bar and the honky tonk with the older generation, but your gray hairs in the crowd, you know? And, and they love that old time type Cajun music, right? But when I was 17 and a half, I got some new musicians. And in order to make it a career, I needed to start playing the nightclub circuit, which is different than a honky tonk or just a bar, but you old people, right? So appealing to a younger generation. So we started changing our music, started playing more rock and roll type stuff, you know, and music that would be appealing to a younger generation to get into these nightclubs. Well, obviously getting into the nightclub environment and playing music on the bandstand I was immersing myself in an environment of impurity and corruption of the heart, et cetera. And my heart began to become corrupt. And the religious sense that was uh, planted within my soul from my mom's witness as a good devoted Catholic began to, to become eclipsed from the impurity, hanging around a bunch of people I shouldn't have been hanging around with. And, and I must say, I never, I never uh, externally was like this bad boy, you know, and drugs and women and all of that stuff. Uh, because I had a, a pretty fearful dad. And I knew that if I would have did that stuff, my hiding would have been red, brother. My dad put the holy fear of God in me there. But interiorly, I was corrupting. And so I got addicted to pornography and lust and all of that stuff. And so it was eating away interiorly. And that's where the darkest moment of my life was, for me, because of the interior corruption, going down a path that was leading me away from the Lord and the egocentricity, because I was trying to, I was in the limelight, brother. I mean, see, in Southern Louisiana, when you're, when you're the Cajun accordionist, right? Just look it up, Cajun music, you'll get the idea, right? I know you don't know what I'm talking about, man, but it's there. <laughs> hey, I tell you, tell you what, go to my website, CorollaBroussard.com, type in Blast from the Past. I have five audio clips. You'll be able to hear what I used to do, man. And then Google me. They got some pictures of me with some curly black hair on top. There. I, I love it. You're, you're like, you're like, you have this need to prove like, dude, I was good. I was awesome, man. I was epic. Like, why don't you get how awesome I was? Hilarious. Yeah, because people have no idea. So, so, so what happened was I was trying, you're in the limelight. That's the point. You're front and center stage. You're in the limelight. You're on the band. It was my band. I knew how to work the crowd. And I was trying to go toe to toe with some other Cajun accordions musicians who were at the top of their game. And so I was navel-gazing. I was focusing only on myself and trying to win the comparison game, right? Well, when you focus only on yourself and you try to win the comparison game, guess what? It's never enough. Because even if you win the comparison game, and that's how you define your life, brother, well, then guess what? You're constantly worried about losing the comparison game. And that just, that's not a recipe for human happiness, man. So that was sort of, that was the darkest moment my time and and even because of immer because i was immersing myself in an environment of impurity i can remember vividly going to church on sunday you know and like just hating it man like just mm. being ready to get the heck out of there and experiencing this interior like ah, i don't want to be here you know and as boring as hell and all of that you know and i was just ready to get out of there because i was immersing myself in impurity and i was clouding uh, my mind and being able to come to see and to know the truth about Jesus and the faith that he gave us. So that was, the, I mean, in my life, you know, like I said, it's not some, you know, I was a drug addict and here I am now or whatever, 
But that was sort of the darkest moment in my life. And then thanks be to God, the Lord shed, shun, he was shedding some light in the midst of that darkness because I had listened to a talk by my, actually my boss right now, Tim Staples, who is a Catholic apologist and evangelist, et cetera. And he was sharing his conversion story about how he was anti-Catholic. He met a good Catholic who, who witnessed to him, you know, the truth of the Catholic faith. And then he even ended up converting to become a Catholic. And when I heard that talk and that conversion story, there was a light, uh, a fire that lit within me. Because he introduced this idea of apologetics and explaining and defending your faith, you know, and navigating intellectually through all this stuff. And for some reason that appealed to me, which was interesting because I wasn't an intellectual kind of guy. I mean, just education was not on my radar, brother. And then for some reason, this apologetics thing appealed to me. My intellect was stimulated. It came alive. And so I just started studying. And as I started studying Joseph and coming to know the truth, right? Well, then that led to, a deep, that led to love. It, the, 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 the mind, we say in philosophy that the intellect presents to the will the good, right? And the will follows. Well, my, as I came to know the truth, I started to love the truth. And that increased my desire to want to know even more. So I started studying. And then eventually, Joseph, I came to a crossroad because I had discovered this newfound dream to be a Catholic apologist, right? And to do what this Tim Staples guy does and travel the country and give talks and stuff like that about Jesus and the Catholic faith. And so I came to a crossroad, right? Because I knew that going down the path of being the Cajun star, right? The Cajun musician was, and playing in the nightclubs was not compatible with my newfound pursuit to be a man of God, to be a Christian, to be a faithful Catholic, and to be a Catholic apologist. So I, I came to this crossroad. I mean, I remember I was in the truck before going into a nightclub called Bottoms Up one night, you know, and I was asking, God, please help me to be pure. Please help me to be pure. And then, of course, you know, putting myself in the near occasion of sin is not going to help that, right? One time I was at a nightclub dancing. I was at a nightclub dancing near this uh, cute little gal, you know, and then she and because at the time I had been helping my sister out with some retreats and this cute little gal says, hey, weren't, weren't you that guy who led that confirmation retreat? And I was there in the nightclub dancing, you know. <laughs> so I God, came to I love yeah. it. I love it. God, please help me to be pure. Please help me to be yeah, pure. Yeah. And then you walk in a bottoms up club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that so should came, go real well for you. I know. So I came to the crossroad and I had to make a decision, you know. And so I'm and this was at the time when we were going to record that third album. So I knew it wasn't fair to the guys if, if I wasn't 100% in the program. So I called it off. And then I started pursuing theology and philosophy, man, to do what I'm doing now. Man, that's powerful stuff right there. Great journey of what God did in your life, Amen. right? And and that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, I have to look back on my life, Carlo, and and really just acknowledge that any good decision that I've ever made, any good choice, that came from God. He gets the credit. Anything that I created a mess in, that was mine. Amen. That's what I created, right? And, and really get that. NBC Nation, I want to challenge you with that. Like, look at your life and look back on all the good decisions you made, right? Give credit to where credit is due. God was there. He put those thoughts, those inclinations to do right in, in your mind, in your intellect, as Carlo says. And the times when you... <laughs> look back on your life and you, you're like, man, that shouldn't have gone that way. I, right. And, and, and you look at things that you're not proud of things that are cause shame in you, you know? Yeah. You chose that with your free will. Right. 
bring those things to God, man, especially if you haven't cleaned up those messes, bring them to God. Because it's like carrying around a ball and chain through your life and wondering why your life isn't working. Well, you, your life's not working because you're chained, man. <laughs> like, ask God, be like, God, I have a chain on me, set me free. And he will, he will. So let's get back into this. Um, Carl, I, I love where you went with that, right? And you went into the darkness. And I really want you to speak about, um, you know, right now we're hearing about celebrities. Uh, we had the chef, right? The, the famous chef that uh, just ended his life. And I'll just leave it nameless or whatever, right? People know. Yeah. Um, as well as other celebrities and famous people that are just quitting on life. Right. They, to your point, they, they no longer see a chance for happiness. Right. Everything right. has become meaningless. What the, what's the purpose? What's the point? I'm just going to end it all. You know, where does a person need to be? Um, what's going on inside of them? Right. Speak to my listener right now, because I'll tell you right now, one of my listeners in one of the countries on planet earth, right now is wrestling with this darkness inside of them and they want to give up. They're about to give up. They're not reaching out to their friends. Why? Because they feel that their friends have, they're busy enough. They have their own problems and they don't want to dump their problems on them. So rather than reach out and ask for help, they just tap out. Right. And they don't realize that they leave a crisis behind they leave a mess, right? And they end up hurting all the people that love them, right? So go there for a second. And I think it's human to experience a crisis of faith, a crisis of happiness, a crisis of joy, a crisis of, you know, just, just despairing, man, giving up. What do you want to say to the person right now that's listening, that's given up on God, that's giving up on life? Well, fundamentally, the inability to see that happiness is achievable, a lot of times comes from the fact that we're just not aware that there's something above the ceiling here that I'm hitting my head on, right? Because you, you, you talked about how uh, a crisis of happiness is human. Well, you hit the nail on the head, Joseph. Fundamentally, because everything shy of God, by its very nature, brother, is going to sell a shark, whether it's physical pleasure, which comes and goes, right? I get some happiness when I get physical pleasure, right? But it's fleeting. It comes and it goes, right? So I'm constantly a perpetual sense of frustration and boredom. You know, I get happy, then I lose it. And I'm argh, frustrated. Material goods, I get some pleasure when it comes. I get some happiness, but that's fleeting. I mean, that can taken away, especially coming from Southern Louisiana, man. I know all about hurricanes and how those hurricanes can take material goods away, right? Even winning and uh, success, esteem, power, and that stuff is not lasting either. That can give me some happiness, but it's, it can even easily be taken away. Even human relationships, right? As good as that is, sometimes people fail to love us. And so we get frustrated. And so the problem of happiness in this life, boring God, not bringing God into the picture, does indeed lead to despair because every form of finite happiness, what does that mean? It's just fancy language for limited things, right? Limited knowledge, limited love, physical pleasure, material goods, success, all of these things of this world are going to sell us short. 
So if I define my life's purpose, Joseph, and I define my happiness in terms of these things alone, well, then when they sell me short, I'm not going to perceive happiness as achievable. So for that person who's in that state, who says happiness is no longer achievable, why? Because everything I look to for happiness has sold me short. I'm coming up empty with these things. So where do I go? Well, the, the, the only thing we can say to that is, well, let me invite you to consider that there is another source of happiness, a source of happiness that is not going to sell you short, a source of happiness that is eternal, everlasting, unending. And the only source of that kind of happiness is a reality that is unending, is eternal, is perfect truth that's not going to be limited in truth, perfect love. It's not going to be limited in any love whatsoever. Perfect familial life, right? Perfect relationships of knowledge and love. And the only source, the only reality for that kind of experience, that kind of life experience, and that kind of happiness is God. Now, that individual might be saying, well, where's God in all of this trouble in my life, right? Well, that's where I can come in and I say, well, there's actually an answer to that. And his name is Jesus Christ. Because God, who created you, who sustains you in existence, actually became man. He died and he rose and actually promised to give us grace and power, right? Some, some supernatural power to actually help you right here and right now in the darkness, in the suffering. Because he went through it. He went through the darkness. He went through the suffering himself. And right here and right now, he's offering you a power, we call it a grace in theology, right? To actually get through the suffering. And here's where Joseph, what we were talking about earlier, rather than turning in on ourselves, here's where we can invite somebody to turn out. Because through the Christian lens, when we put our Christian goggles on, right? The message of Jesus Christ is that your suffering right now can actually be used for a heroic act. You can be a hero right now. How so? Well, when we unite, Jesus teaches us that when we unite our suffering to him and we say, Jesus, hey, I got this problem right now. I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to suffer with you. I want you to suffer with me right now, Jesus, in and through you. I'm going to offer this suffering up to you as a sacrifice, an act of love. And I'm going to do it for Joseph, right? I'm going to do it for mom. I'm going to do it for dad. I'm going to do it for my sister. I'm going to do it for that person. I'm going to do it for myself even. And Jesus promises us that when we do that, we're actually climbing the ladder to heaven. We're actually contributing to our own eternal happiness. So you might have a discordant note in the music score, right? One off note. But Jesus actually comes and takes that discordant note, Joseph, and creates a whole new symphony. So what I'm hearing you say, Carlo, BC Nation, here's what I'm hearing Carlo say. He's saying, if your entire life right now sounds like one bad song, turn it over to God. And he'll create a whole new symphony. He's going to create something beautiful out of your mess, right? Like, first off, own up. You made a mess, right? Maybe it wasn't your fault. You grew up in a broken, you know, childhood. You got abused. You got, right? And I'm not diminishing it at all. No. Just know you're not alone in it. We all come from broken messes. That's why this show is called Broken Catholic. 
right? We're all broken. That's why we need God. And when we rely on ourselves, we fall short. That's what Carlos is, is sharing. It's a wisdom bomb, right? Stop relying on yourself. That's why you're, you're feeling empty. That's why your gas tank is run dry. It's like with humanity, there's, we're not a source of anything. We're just a vessel. That's why when something pours in, it pours right back out, right? We don't, we're not the source. God is the source, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of like just go here for a second. BC Nation, if you're wrestling right now with despair, with hopelessness, and you're contemplating suicide and taking your life and just ending it all because you just don't see the meaning, you don't see the purpose, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present a challenge to you. And I'm going to ask you to take the challenge, consider the challenge, and here's why. You got nothing else to lose. That's why, okay? You're at the bottom. It doesn't get any lower. So I, I challenge you with this. Just hit your knees in your quiet time and just say, God, I don't know what to do. I messed up. My life, I, I don't want it anymore. I don't see a way out. I don't see any light. I'm alone. I feel hopeless. I want to quit. I give all that to you. Do something amazing in my life. Show me the light. Show me the way out. I surrender my life to you, Lord. Like say something like that. It doesn't have to be those words. Just say something real from your heart. Just give it to God and watch what he does. I promise you, he will not disappoint. There is light. You just can't see it right now. You're looking through a muddy window. That's all. But there's a whole world outside of joy. You see others with it, right? And, and, and I, I'd like to go here for a second, Carlo. Um, you know, I had a, a friend reach out on social media and she posted a video and she's a very successful, uh, beautiful model. And uh, she, she said it this way. And it, she's like, you know, I see all these people, um, you know, saying, I'm posting on social media, I'm here for you. If you're going through a struggle, I'm here for you as your friend, reach out to me. I'm here for you. You don't have to go this alone. And she says, if you're writing that, like you don't understand how depression works. Depression works where, and because she went through it herself, she's like, when I'm going through the, the crap, when I'm going through the despair, the last thing I want to do is to reach out to someone and invite them into my mess. Like it's not even a thought process for me. Like I'm not going to reach out for anyone. So she says it this way, stop saying I'm here for you and pick up the freaking phone and check in on the people that you care about. Break into their darkness. Bring light into their space. They're not going to do it on their own. Did Christ say that when, he, when the, the 99 sheep, right, and there was the one lost sheep, right, and it was out in the darkness, did Christ say, oh, the sheep called out to me and came back and found me, right, and, and the sheep asked for help? No. The sheep was lost. All it could see was darkness. And that's probably where you are right now, BC Nation. All you could see is darkness. So if that's the case, be the Jesus in the lives of your friends. Go out into the darkness and find them. Re pick up your freaking phone, people. 
show you care. Love is about action, not about words. Carla, what, what shows up for you in that? You actually took the word literally out of my mouth. I was about to say we have to act. <laughs> you can't just be sitting behind a computer and say, hey, reach out, reach out, right? You have to actually initiate because as you mentioned, Joseph, that's exactly what God does. I mean, I'm thinking about one of the stories or events that popped up in my mind was St. Paul. St. Paul, right, was killing Christians, man. I mean, he was like in the darkness of the dark, right? And did Jesus say, oh, St. Paul, you're in the darkness. Why don't you reach out to me? No, Jesus appeared to him and like knocked him flat on his you-know-what, man, and said, you're persecuting me, Paul. Wake up, right? God does this in our lives sometimes. He has this divine invasion. Yes, sometimes we call out to him and he responds, but sometimes he invades. I, I like to call it a divine invasion of grace. I like it. Where he says, I want you. And so here's my grace. I'm going to just flood your mind with light and, and empower your will and order it towards the good and sort of nudge it towards the good. And we come to him. Uh, so we have to do the same. We have to imitate our blessed Lord and to go out to those who are in darkness to reach out. And that's not going to be like, Okay, so tell me your problems. What are you dealing with? You know, no, it's reaching out to love them. You're going to serve them. You're going to go and hang out with them. You're going to say, hey, let's go. We're going to a movie tonight, right? Or we're going to go eat dinner tonight or just we're going to hang out, you know, whatever. You, you know, your friendship, your relationship. What if, what if they say no, Carlo? You invite them and they go, no, no, I'm fine. Thanks. Well, you for that particular situation, you might have to back off and not press any forward because if you keep pressing forward, you might be considered an annoying jerk, right? And they're not going to want to spend any time with you. So maybe perhaps you can get them a gift. That's one thing. You can go and get them a gift, send them a gift, uh, shower them with little gifts of love to let them know you're thinking about them and then try again later. You give them some space, you come back again later but that space has to be connected. You can't, you can't let the, the, the telephone wires droop too, too low, right? You got to yeah. have enough poles to keep the telephone wires up straight. So you give them that space, but you're staying connected with showering them with little gifts, calling them, you know, just saying how their day went, et cetera. And then you try again to spend actual physical time with them, to be present to them. Because, you know, as a Catholic, Joseph, that's what our Lord does for us, right? We know as Catholics, our Lord is in the Blessed Eucharist. He's in the Holy Eucharist, right? So not only does he communicate with us in a spiritual way, but he also wants us to be with him in a physical way, to go and sit in his presence. So as friends and friendships, we want to imitate our Lord. We want to have this sort of at a distance connection to give them their space. But at the same time, we want to attempt to become physically present to them. And in the, in the midst of that relationship, in the midst of that physical presence, and just trying to be a witness of joy to them and light, and not being pushy, but just being with them, right? They're going to see that joy and that light. And then by nature, they're going to be attracted to it. And mm. then whenever the opportunity comes, whenever they begin to pitch the ball, well, then you can start playing ball. They might come out and start telling their story, right? To share their problems. And whenever they start sharing their problems and you, and you discern that they're, they're willing for they're ready for an answer and they're ready for you to engage, well, then you can swing and hit the ball and start playing the ball game. BC Nation, listen to what Carlo is saying, man. Do a divine invasion in one of your friend's life today. Like that's powerful stuff. Carlo, can I share something really quick? Because like sure. I tend to be, 
right? I'm human. Very self-centered, right? Very self-centered. And um, I actually had a guest on my other podcast, First 100K. And uh, so he's a successful uh, entrepreneur. And he shared, I, you know, one of my questions, share one of your daily habits that helped you to get to where you are. And he says, you know, something I, I started doing years ago is every day I pick up the phone and I call random friends and I just check in with them. I just check in on their life. Beautiful. And he says, Joseph, I got to tell you, it's changed my life, right? By checking in on their life. So I was like, you know, that just like was a seed, right? God put that mm. seed into me. And I was like, man, I am so narcissistic and self-centered that I don't check in on people's lives. I say I care. I say I love them, but I'm actually not there for them. I'm not present. I'm not invading their life, right, in a good way. So I just started this thing a week ago, two weeks ago, a week ago. I forget. And I wanted to do a morning walk. And I was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a 10-minute morning walk every day. So in the morning, I, I, I do uh, some of my prayers and and some little things that I do there of gratitude. And then I open my door and I walk and I bring my Bluetooth headset with me and my cell phone. That's it. And on the walk, I just scroll through my list of contacts, my friends list. And I just say, Lord, who needs to hear from me? And I just pick a random person and I dial the number. And when they answer, I just say, Hey John, uh, it's Joseph. How are you? And they go, oh, good, Joseph, how are you? And I go, listen, I'm great. I just want to call and check in on your life. I want to hear what's going on in your world. And then I go quiet. And their immediate response is, oh, I'm great, I'm great, everything's fine. Um, so, what, so what's going on for you? <laughs> that's not what I asked, brother. <laughs> right? Because that's the human response. It's right. a test. It's a test. What they're really asking is, do you really mean it? Do you really care about me? So I, when they say, oh, so what's going on in your life? I said, well, my life is great. Like everything is fine in my life. Again, I really wanted to call and hear about your life. Tell me what's going on. Beautiful. The second time I do that, all of them start opening up. Well, well, yeah, you know, the kids are good. Um, my wife, well, she's going through some struggles right now, and she's got a surgery coming up. And I asked this question, and this is the question. What's that like for you? Whatever they say, whatever the challenge as soon as you hear a challenge in their life, just ask them, what's that like for you? And, man, people open up. Well, I got to tell you, you know, I'm struggling with it. And, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I'm just wrestling with like, is God here? Is he not here? Or, I feel alone. Right. Then be there, right? I'm able to now serve them as a friend. And you know what this call does? It forces me, Carlo, to be present, to actually listen. Right. And to show up with no agenda on the call. And I'll tell you, by the time I hang up that phone, because <laughs> I'll do like 10 minutes, right? And then, and I let them know I have 10 minutes or whatever. And then I'll wrap it up the call. Sometimes I can serve them. Other times I'm just listening, right? And they're just sharing and there's nothing bad happening. There's nothing good happening. They're just sharing. And I go, well, again, I just wanted to call and check in on your life. I got to run, but it, thank you for sharing. And they go, wow, th th thank you, Joseph. Thanks for calling. I'm like, absolutely. 
Uh, so we'll talk soon. Have a blessed week. And that's it. And I hang up the phone and I know they are on the other end of that line when I hang up that phone going, holy crap. He had no agenda. He had no motive. Who the heck was that? Like, that's not Joseph. Joseph normally shows up with a, so let me get to what I really want to ask. Right. And, and you know what? BC Nation, do that for the friends in your life. If I leave you with one message today, you know, piggybacking off of what Carlo's dropping, all this wisdom he's dropping, like, just show up like Jesus showed up, right? Just be present for people, man. Find out what's going on in their life. Like Jesus, you know, example, woman at the well, like, you know, tell me about your husbands or whatever, you know? Oh, my husband, that's uh, really, yeah, but he's not actually your husband. You've had five husbands, right? He gets into the, the right up into their mess and talks yeah. about it. So with that, Carlo, what is the one thing you want the world to know about giving up on God, giving up on life, and then not, right? And, and, and finding the way out. What, what is the one thing you want the world to know if they are in that position right now, having a crisis of hope? Well, I think, Joseph, what I would say is that left to ourselves, there is no way out. And there is, if, if we continue relying on ourselves and even relying ultimately on others, human beings, there is no way out. As good as other human beings are and those relationships are, that's not everlasting. That's eventually going to fail in some form or manner. We need human relationships. Don't get me wrong. We need those. But if we put stock only in human beings and finite things. There is no way out. There is no limited. Way out. It's very limited. So the hope is, is Jesus, the hope is Jesus Christ himself. Now you might say, well, I don't know if I can trust all those Christians who talk about Jesus. Well, give us a call at Catholic Answers. We'll help you out with that, right? But I'm, I'm offering and invite and offering the solution to the problem is Jesus Christ, God made flesh. If you're willing to test that out, well then we're more than happy to help you out with that test, to give you reasons why you should even come to Jesus. And Joseph, fundamentally, we're not going to know unless we experience it, unless we give our lives over to him, unless we start walking with him and experience that he has a joy to give us, right? Jesus said to himself, I have come that your joy may be made complete. I have come to give you life that you may have it abundantly. Mm. And so he's inviting us to respond to his invitation. So the question is, are you willing to respond? And finally, I'll leave your, your, your folks with this, Joseph. All of the tragedies in our lives, the suffering, the mess, as you, as you put it, the darkness, it's tragic. It's, as you said, it's crap. It, it sucks. It's not fun. It's not hunky-dory. And that's life. But guess what? Here's the message of Christianity. It's not ultimately tragic. Because Jesus is the answer to pull us out of that mess, even to a, a, a strong degree, even to a, a pull us out to a considerable amount, even in this life, 
but ultimately in the next, when he gives us that eternal, definitive, supreme satisfaction where every desire of the human heart will be ultimately fulfilled. Amen, brother. So BC Nation, we're speaking with Carlo Broussard. You can find him at carlobroussard.com. And Carlo, we are about to enter my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? I wasn't prepared for this one, brother. <laughs> That's the point. Are right, you ready? Carlo, yes. okay. what's, what's your favorite sound? Uh, I have, uh, I have no idea. No, that's not an answer. What's your favorite sound, Carla? Uh, folk music. There you go. That's a great sound. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a Cajun musician star. Got it. What are you most afraid of? Being a narcissist. Got that. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Well, can I back up a few years? Basketball. Got it. Spent too much time watching basketball. What secret fear do you have about God? Secret fear? Mm -hmm. That he's going to allow me to fail. Mm, got that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? that I, I know I'm past the three seconds, man. Um, what do you wish that you had learned? That, that, he, that he actually will take care of me. Yeah, there you go. What's a new habit you want to form? Being more open to my wife mm -hmm. and to my children, more pre being more present to my wife and children emotionally and intellectually. Great intention. What's a bad habit you want to break? Closing in on myself whenever my wife and children have problems. Mm. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Zealous. Joyful. And a little bit egocentric. <laughs> Got it. Pick three <laughs> words to describe who you were before you experienced God. I was naive. I was definitely egocentric, more so than uh, then than now. Uh, and uh, vain, mm, which kind of is egocentric, but mm -hmm. the idea of vanity, good looks. That kind of stuff. You got him, buddy. I like it. So, Carlo, imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. A zealous and tireless defender of truth. Got it. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Stay close to Jesus. Amen to that. 
So Carlo, thanks for joining us today. Where can uh, my listeners find out more about you? Um, get your book, Prepare the Way. Where mm. can they where can they connect with you? Yeah, so my website, carlobroussard.com. They can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, um, on social media. Uh, so at carlobroussard.com, all of my work, artic- articles, videos, audio, interviews, etc., are there in one location. All of that stuff is also at catholic.com as well. Um, but they can get my book at shop.catholic.com. That's our online store at Catholic Answers. And then they can get it on Amazon as well, at cool. least for the, for the book. And go, go ahead and spell your uh, website. Carlo, K-A-R-L-O, Broussard. B as in boy, R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D as in dog. Dot com. Carlo, thanks for joining <laughs> us today. And we wish you the love forgiveness and transformation of God, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Hey, thank you, brother. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. BC nation. We exceeded our six month goal. We now have listeners in over 34 countries and counting. It's time to step up our game. God is touching lives. God is transforming lives. He's speaking to souls. He's bringing them back. The lost sheep. If you're one of those lost sheep and he's reached out to you, reach out to me. Go to brokencatholic.com. Become a patron of the show if you want to see us expand into 60 countries. That's my goal. I I want to do 60 countries right now, right? We need the message of God's love, God's forgiveness, and God's transformation across the planet, right? Not all this hatredness and divisiveness. We need what matters. So if you want to be part of that, go to brokencatholic.com. Contribute to the show. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll catch you right back here next week. God bless.